0: Start and end your day with the good news. The good news with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin and friends with the good
1: news. Hello, it is Angie with the good news? The good news, we've got a lot of great ladies here, and I have one of my favorite stories. It has to do with a grandmother who is driving along, and she sees a cop being attacked by another guy, so, Grandma thinks you know, I should just get out of my car and jump on that guy's back, so Grandma did. <laughs> yeah, so wow. no, can you believe that? I mean that, no, that would be that would be you, Beatrice Bruno, oh, sergeant yeah, of great. life. <laughs> you would. I could see you doing that totally. Oh, it's so exciting because you know, some of my buddies from our women's uh, retreat, you know, we do retreats together and we speak together. And uh, Donna's become part of our posse. Uh, Donna Hetzler, uh, uh, writer and speaker. Tyra Lallo, she's our worship leader and uh, she's got music now available on Amazon.com, Tyra does. And then Beatrice Bruno, the Drill Sergeant of Life, uh, has just finished another book and is going on a book tour and then we're going to share some good news and just some thoughts as well. And I think when we talk about your new book and your book tour, I just want to touch again on what a dream come true it is. Because I tell a lot of people that, you know, when you were eight, you had a typewriter and you had a flashlight and you'd stay under your comforter and you'd type in the middle of night. But then because you came from a very difficult background and there was a lot of, you know, just things that made your childhood rough and Mm. You became then a drill sergeant and you became a hairdresser and a truck driver, but you really wanted to be a writer and speaker. And look at you now in your 50s yes, as a writer and speaker, wow. not going on a book tour. So I think that inspires a lot of people. <laughs> oh, you yeah. know, are you excited? Be included, <laughs> <for sure. laughs> I'm very excited because who'd
2: have thunk it that you'd see a book with the name Beatrice Bruno or Beatrice Starworth at the bottom of it that I wrote that book? Yeah. And I'm excited about that because God has done great things with me. Angie he has has brought me from being a a, a mother at 16 years old a, a, you know an unwed mother as they called it back the, back in the day to being in the military and, and training basic training soldiers to like you said the truck driver and then the hairdresser and and all these various other things Donna and it's it's like god has decided that no this is who you are yes in me mm-hmm. go forth and do this thing and i'm i'm You're doing it, doing it. I'm doing it by the <laughs> grace of God. Hallelujah! Before awesome. you
3: came to be, He yes. thunk it. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> he
1: thunk it. He, he thunk most it. That's did. right. Hallelujah. Yes. So we're going to share more of that, uh, you know, story, uh, which I think is inspirational to many uh, who think they're too old to try something, or it's too late, or I'm not Say in my that. 20s anymore. And then also, if we have time, I really want to talk about this uh, Minnesota high school that put out um, an email about prom dresses being appropriate. They wanted the girls to wear something they feel comfortable wearing to church because you guys know there's some pretty inappropriate. Prom dresses. Oh yeah, f- right I, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I can't believe parents buy them. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable. Maybe they have jobs and they buy them with other parent's consent or something of that sort. Because some of them, I can't believe a parent would let the kid out of the house. But if your parent's your best friend, oh, I don't want to let her <laughs> down. Oh, I'm going to let her wow. wear that hoochie dress. <laughs> Go Hitchy ahead, dress honey. Oh, my oh, Go my ahead, honey. Because I don't want to lose my spot as your best friend. So you wear that dress that's oh,
4: made out God. of the half
1: truth. the material that you, you should
4: be using for a dress. That's the, the truth. truth. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah, I can't
2: see your your daughter's hope oh. and faith coming oh, no to you no. Yeah like that, looking no. crazy.
1: No, uh-uh. She would be uh, like, uh, oh, I don't think so, uh-huh. Missy. Oh, wait, may me something so funny? There's a picture on my phone of a woman with a little, she's a mom, walking with her kid in Florida, and my daughter was so shocked because she has one of the swimsuits that doesn't really have a back. Mm. And so my daughter, who's seven, says, Mommy, why would anyone try <laughs> to shove their whole swimming suit up their, <laughs> their rear, right? Oh, and girl. I went, um, I was like, she thought the one bunched all the fabric up and like somehow pulled <laughs> (laughs) like a wedgie. She thought the lady was giving herself a wedgie. swimsuit. Right, the wedgie (laughs) swimsuit. She goes, why, Mommy, would she give herself like a wedgie swimsuit? (laughs) She goes, you got to take a picture because I'm going to show that to Hope, and I'm never going to let Hope wear a swimsuit like that. (laughs) Oh, my So What was your why? What did you tell her? So she, um, well, I said, honey, it's actually made that way. Oh, you did. I said, but we (laughs) don't wear those in our family. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And so she's like holding her son's hand as she's walking down the beach in this suit, right? And I I just think now, and I know a lot of people are going to judge me, for this, but I think there's a certain time in life where you shouldn't wear a bikini anyway. Like, That's just let it go, let funny. it go, yeah. let mm-hmm. it go. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- definitely, she should let the bikini and this suit go, both, <laughs> you know? Oh, wow. So, anyway, um, my my daughter wanted to show everyone. She wanted to show like, <laughs> a family friend last night. And I said, no. So she showed her sister, then she showed her brother, then she showed her dad, she showed my aunts and uncles. She's like, what are these ladies wearing? Like, she was so appalled. She goes, I would never do that. She won't even if it's hot and we're outside of here. Florida. Yeah. I tried to get her to like pull her top up a little bit. So like her tummy would show a TV. She goes, I'm not showing my belly. <laughs> <laughs> and then her shorts come to her knees, you know, I mean, yeah, Aww. yeah, her basketball Aww. shorts at I seven. Yeah. She's uh-huh. like, she thinks that's in, um, what, how do, they don't say it quite right. They said inappropriate or something. <laughs> yeah. Impro- that's inappropriate. <laughs> all right. So, um, wow. one time too, Riley came running in the house and said, mom, a hope, cause hope does like all the trendy clothes hope tied her a uh, shirt in a knot, like a, like a halter top in front of her. <laughs> And um, it's in inappropriate. And I said, um, I said, well, she's in the backyard. I'd rather she not. But you know, it's a twelve-foot fence, and you can't. He goes, people might see the through the cracks <laughs> of the fence. I love That's it. That's the big brother. It. Yeah, he's defending her. And yeah. to tell me is that hilarious? It's wonderful. Oh my gosh, wow. oh my gosh that cracks me up. So we'll uh, hopefully we can get to the prom dress. Oh, but it was, but they. They said, the administrator said, if you want to know if it's appropriate and you don't want to get turned away at the door, you can send us a picture mm-hmm. of the dress. And all these people were, like, up in arms, like, what do you mean? Well, they were saying, like, we don't want you to dress by, wait, waste 500 to $800 mm-hmm. that Turn they spend away. on these dresses yeah. uh-huh. and be turned away. All right, let's start with the grandma who saves the cop. She's driving by. She sees the cop getting attacked. And a lot of grandmas would keep on driving because they'd have a great st- uh, story for all their senior citizen friends. Oh, my gosh,
3: I drove <laughs> by this guy. And blah, blah, blah.
1: <laughs> She's actually a pretty young grandma. All right, so take a listen.
5: The tables are turned in this story of heroism. This grandmother rescued the police officer.
2: Thank
4: you to Miss Williams Tillman. You can see it in his eyes that he need help and I just wasn't gonna walk away from him.
5: 56-year-old Vicki Williams Tillman was driving around running errands when she saw Corporal Amy being attacked along the side of a road in Baton Rouge, Louisiana by this man, cops say. That's when she slammed on her brakes, called
3: 911 and jumped on the suspect's back.
5: Next thing I knew, she was pulling her, the suspect's hand off my gun, you know, and um, assisting on me.
3: The suspect was arrested and now faces multiple charges, including battery. Vicky's
5: bravery was honored by the city's mayor.
2: Her actions truly epitomize the type of community spirit that we want to encourage to all of our citizens in
4: our community.
5: Instead of turning a blind eye, many believe Vicky helped bridge a dividing gap.
4: And I always had a soft heart for Ben Ridge Police. I always had a soft
2: heart
1: for him. Thank
5: you. Oh, oh they're goodness. hugging. I love that. Pulled you
1: the know. hand off, the suspect's hand off uh-huh. the cop's gun. Wow, mm-hmm. could have saved his life for sure. That's what they think. Literally. So yeah. you know wow. the,
2: the suspect is going into jail, and he's good. Yeah, I ha- I came in here because I beat up this cop. Yeah, he will never say <laughs> that's right. That this little woman, she,
1: man, this she grandma was tough, jumped man. on my back. <laughs> she was tough as nails.
3: Oh, oh I my love, I
1: think that's one of my favorite stories. That's I mean, cool. That is good. That's she awesome. Jumped on his back, man. That takes guts. It, it does. does. I mean, oh, that yeah. is a cop who's getting attacked. She saw it in his eyes that he needed help. Wow. That is a cop who's armed and a suspect trying to get his gun. Oh, I yeah. mean, she could have been killed. I just it blows my mind that she had the guts to do that. I don't know if I Beatrice you would.
3: I would Beatrice I totally know. would. I yeah. don't
2: know what I would do. I, w- you know something. That's why I sit all the way in the back of the airplane. Oh, I really do, yeah. Because I sit back there, cause I'm looking at the front, like, okay, <laughs> <I'm> like, <"Hey, laughs> who's up there? Down. You jump up the date, baby. <laughs> You're going be down. Be your day <laughs> to go down, but it's not mine, and I'm gonna get you. And I'm serious oh, about right. that. It's funny, right. you sit back there. Yeah, I'm gonna because, sit by you. I mean, that's what we're equipped to do. So yep. why not do it? Oh, I speaking
1: have, of the airlines, you know how they give you that big check? So we're we're leaving Florida the other day, and I've got just Faith with me, cause I usually travel with these during the school year. I'll just take one kid, you know. I don't want to pull everybody out of school, and we kind of take turns, and it's bonding time, right? And so. And as you saw, my daughter has the same twisted sense of humor I do. There was an alligator. Um, and there was an yes. alligator statue. She got on the ground and put her head in the alligator's mouth, I and then that. screamed so that I could get a good picture of her. Like he was, I'm like, you are not right in the head. I love you. I love, I love you. you. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we uh, she she saw a twelve foot alligator, and I put it on my page. And as we're watching the alligator swim by, she says, I, I want to take him to school for show and tell. <laughs> and I said, well, how are you going to take him? And I'm videotaping, right? I said on my phone, and she said, I'm going um, I, I'm, I'm to take him in my backpack. <laughs> and I said, well, it's like a minion backpack. It's tiny. You know, and she's like, well, daddy can bring him. I go, Dad, daddy, daddy <laughs> can't Daddy's got to work. He's not oh bringing him. Goodness. And I turned to my nephew. I'm like, would you mind bringing the alligator to her for school next week? You know, so she wanted an alligator so badly that we um, got an alligator head Right no oh. don't they don't just kill them there's farms down there oh, they my. farm and I think they farm just like you'd farm cattle and chickens <gasps> so you know don't judge us mm-hmm. and so you know they use you know the, like the high like you, you have leather parts. shoes on right okay, yeah. okay. so okay. they might make a purse or whatever they do with I've never had an alligator or anything and so they then sell uh, like the 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 claws is like a necklace you can get like the alligator foot and wear it my oh, my, my, son, goodness, my son has does an alli- look kind of yeah. weird with no, well I'm not gonna wear a foot but My son has an alligator foot necklace. So this head is about this big, right? Oh, cool. And she uh, kind of hurt her hand and and go, they're real teeth. (laughs) They will cut you. Oh, yes. Yeah. So anyway, we go through Florida TSA, right? Uh It's not very busy. And it was one of those TSA ladies that like, I've had one bag checked. She was gonna check every single one of my oh, bags. She wow. she flagged them all, so I had like four different people checking bags because oh, one Lord. person takes each bag, right? Okay. So I'm like, it's the alligator head, <laughs> like I'm like they see the alligator head in there, and I also had of all things a basketball pump because she oh, had Lord. yeah. So I've got a basketball pump and an alligator head. No, they wanted to know if my sunscreen was four uh, oh, ounces. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, right. Oh no. no. Yes. Yeah, and one of the guys is like, um, say it, the woman's name was Faith. It was making them uh, just like my daughter he said faith i told you it's three ounces she goes no there's something in there Goes, faith don't you trust me it's three ounces no one took the alligator head no one even looked at the alligator head no one looked at the bike pump but they did also apparently you can't take um the yogurt what yeah because it's liquid and they gave me a tip Hmm. they said freeze it yeah, they said, freeze it. You know, in Denver, if you have a water bottle, too, like I had a really nice water that, bottle, yeah. and I forgot to empty my water bottle because right. I always empty it. it yep. And then I bring an empty water bottle through, and then I fill it fill because it up, I like yeah. to have water on the plane. Well, these guys in um, in Florida, and St. Petersburg, they grab them go, oh, I like that water bottle. He goes, you like this water bottle? I said, yeah, I did, but I know you have to keep it because that's what they do in Denver. He goes, no. It's your lucky day. Oh, and it, wow. It went off and emptied it down the hall because they weren't, you know, that busy and brought uh-huh. it back to me. Wow. I mean, that's nice just such a small sir. gesture, very you know? Very nice. Yeah. Ooh. So even though Faith, the TSA lady, wanted every bag checked, I got to keep my <laughs> alligator head, my uh, my basketball pump, and um, my water, <laughs> water bottle. bottle. Are you yeah. sure yeah.
3: your little Faith didn't say, don't make me <laughs> sick, my alligator on you or something you, like <laughs> that? Can you please, like, looking at them? I guess in Florida, they're used to seeing I those guess. on x ray. I'm going to have to take
1: a trip there, uh, right. That's something. Because wow. I would think that they, you know, in Denver, they would stop you, wouldn't they, oh, for yeah. an alligator oh, yeah. head? He They'd you up against the wall. And <laughs> 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 they
2: stopped me in Louisiana for frozen catfish that I had in Oh, my... really? Yeah, really? they did. It was frozen. You
1: brought it in your <laughs> bag back here? Yeah. Only Beatrice Bruno would bring frozen Girl, catfish in her catfish bag back. so good. Down there. Wow. <laughs> there was a guy that was stopped at TSA the other day, and there was a news story about it. He had, like, 15 pounds of pancakes, and he'd been home to see his mother, and she makes really good, like, a kind of a crepe pancake. Mm-hmm, and yeah. so she made him all these extra. And he had it in his carry-on bag, and so they they had all the pancakes on the table, you know, where you like check oh, everything, yeah. No. But they were like, you know, insert, oh, Okay. They were wrapped, yeah. and he got to keep them. Oh, okay, yeah. good. He let him keep all the pancakes. Wow, oh, yeah. nice.
3: I've tried smuggling Tommy's chili through <laughs> Los, Los Angeles. Uh, well, yes, but it looks like some nuclear chili because <laughs> oh. it's like got all this grease oh, and everything. Edged. I'm like, it's not liquid; it's chili. And they're like, all oh, that oozing grease and stuff could start <laughs> oh. freezing. <it." laughs> Like, I mean, I'm gonna as, freeze, yeah, it freeze it. Next time. That's what he said. He said wow, you freeze your yogurt that.
1: that you I can get know. it through. Well, that's right. You know, but every TSA, you know, and every city does seem to me to have. A l- it's a little, little different, yeah. yeah. It's a wow. little bit different, but I do like going through with a kid because they never make you through go through the like um, the nudie thing where it like I shows know. you like yeah. without clothes on. Uh-huh. And oh, they're Lord. Like, oh, oh, it doesn't show that much. Yes, it does. See does. It it do- it. Oh. I don't want to see. Oh no. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah. <gasps> oh, oh, yeah. it shows yeah. everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so insane. I don't like that thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd rather have the pat down. Thank you very much. That's right. Yeah, the other thing's creepy. But if you have a kid, like grab somebody else's kid, pretend you're with them, and they'll 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 push you through the other old school i going make y'all go to jail.
4: <laughs> <laughs> she took my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> she took
3: her. <laughs> oh, gosh.
1: All right. So I love that story. Okay. So she, um, let's um, talk a little bit just about the prom dresses. How much time do we have, Dave? Six minutes. Oh. So, all right. All um, right. Okay, just real quickly. You've seen the inappropriate prom dresses. Yep. So, is o- High School in central Minnesota, they kind of backtracked and they said, you don't have to send pictures of the prom dress. We were just trying to help you. We wanted to make sure the dresses were appropriate because uh, going to prom is a privilege, not a right. And you might get turned away from the door if you don't fit our dress code. And our um, advice to you is to wear something you'd feel comfortable wearing to church. Mm-hmm. But then they backed off and said, we don't have to send the picture. We were trying to help you. Mm-hmm. I think they've taken over the job of parenting because some some people just True. plain and simple don't like to parent. Well, yeah,
3: there you go. And what does that teach our young girls that you have to be all hoochie, like you said, to get yeah. attention? I mean yeah. there's something beautiful yeah. about being covered up Modesty and, I know. yeah, and yeah. that classic Classy. look. You That's know, right. you go back and look at the women of the fifties and sixties. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, they showed some hip curves and stuff, but it was still very classic. Here's a there's a swimsuit company and the
1: girl, if you um Google like modest swimsuit CEO speech or something like that, mm-hmm. she gives a speech about modesty that is mind-blowing. She's a young, probably 20-something, maybe 30s, about how she couldn't find a modest suit, and so she started this line in their throwbacks to like the 50s, 40s, 50s, and 60s. They're really attractive, and she talks about beauty and how you can be beautiful and not show a lot of skin. But Hollywood, Dancing with the Stars, the Oscars, they teach us a lot. And by the way, just a throwback to the Oscars, I know it was a few days ago, but isn't Beatrice going to be on the show tomorrow, by the way? Okay. Yes. Okay, we might we might save Beatrice whole topic about how to achieve your dreams and how she did it in her fifties mm-hmm. uh, for tomorrow because mm-hmm. Iran, the Iranian director who won for best uh, foreign film, had a woman read uh, an Iranian American woman read a statement saying that basically uh, that. We um, that we offended Iran and the other six Muslim majority countries with the travel ban, and that you know somehow we are generating hate through you know our doctrine or our um, administrations. Uh, you know um, th- th- they've come in and treated people according to them, right? And I thought, are you kidding me? Like there's no woman way a woman could read that statement, get up and read it for uh, in in Iran, and the, the people giving him a b- her uh, reading his statement, a big round of applause in the crowd they couldn't wear those outfits in iran a woman in legal in uh, in Iranian court has half the rights of the husband mm-hmm. Um, there was a soccer player uh, about a, mm, six months ago or so whose Iranian husband decided she couldn't go out of the country to this big championship. And a husband can just decide to, to ban you. That's a right. That's a legal right in Iran. And so all these women are like cheering for um, him. And he's you know condemning the U.S. Are you kidding me? Do you remember the three CU students that might have stepped one foot into Iran? And mm-hmm. then they were held. That's they were right. in prison. Yep, and all the political that. prisoners they have there. That's right. And. Um, uh, by the way we found out that when in iran when they saw the um the uh the awards the oscars they painted clothes on the women they covered oh, up the wow. women Did they, they really? covered yes. up the women saying how great they are and they covered them up wow. but i have i do think we've gone too far in uh in our country in terms of uh The way that some women dress on TV and in the movies is teaching our girls that they're not valued for their brain and their personality and their kind heart. They're valued for how much skin they can show and how um, sexy they can look. Sad. It's true.
2: I agree. And, you know, the more we allow these young girls to see people like the Kardashians. Mm-hmm. and I'm sorry to say Beyonce. Mm-hmm. I saw Mariah Carey and I saw the outfit she had on okay. and They were like wow the, lo- the longer the slit and okay. all that and, yeah.
1: it's, and, it, and the, they're crazy. getting really low. Yes. I mean, used to be just they, they might they as had, well not even have Yeah, like It that, goes uh-huh. down almost their navel like it's open yes, in the yes. front and they have to tape it. It's ridiculous. I mean it's weird. I yeah. think it's weird. Yes. And then I've seen some women kind of try to wear those in like the real world and it looks and so looks, bizarre. If I had that on when you came in here you would like take my temperature. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? You oh, see like what David what's yeah. in her coffee cup, you know? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh. It's ridiculous how we are allowing this stuff. And like you said earlier, we're not causing the parents to parent. OK, mm-hmm. we're causing the parents to go to the school and say, well, do you think my daughter can wear this? Mm. And the school is saying, well, of course, because you're putting your money here. And so, of course, your daughter can wear anything she wants to. Well, it
1: means a lot to Tina to wear it. She loves this <laughs> dress. I know it shows a lot of cleavage and it looks like you're actually going to the produce section to pick out <laughs> cantaloupes. I mean, really? Yeah. They, oh, yeah. I mean, they are like little they're still kids. Yes, yeah. right? Yes. You got to teach them what is important in yes. life. And it's and these poor boys are supposed to be able to concentrate on mm-hmm. dancing. And mm-hmm. they can't because they're looking at no. all
2: that flesh. That's yeah, right. they can't concentrate. Yeah. And, and you said something else earlier, too, Angie. If the mamas would stop trying to be the best friend of uh, your daughter, so stop it. Oh, or yeah, dress like yeah. the daughters. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, the mothers are
1: like trying to be a mini-me, yes, you oh know? G- <laughs> <laughs> One of my friends is a teacher, and he uh, made the girl. They have to sh- cover up. They have to put big T-shirts on. He called the mom in. The mom was dressed like that. She said, I'm going to dress my daughter however oh, I want to wow, dress her. I oh. believe And he called her in, and she said, no, she won't yeah. dress her appropriately. Yeah. It's like 11. Oh, oh, I believe all it. right, Beatrice, your website. Drillsergeantoflife.com. Thyra Lalome music.com Donnahetzler.com. excellent all right beatrice will be back tomorrow all the ladies will be and we are going to be talking about how to achieve your dreams when you're not 19 20 30 40 whenever in life we'll be right back
0: the good news of jesus for you in high definition radio and streaming at 670 kltt.com this is kltt commerce city denver
1: all right. If you are looking for the most amazing place to go with your family, where you will create so many memories, then go to my favorite place that hopefully will become your favorite place. YMCA, the Rockies, two locations, Snow Mountain Branch, and also Estes Park. They've got a deal now as you head into spring. Now dates vary, but the deal is phenomenal. Three nights in a lodge room for $168, and it includes two free breakfasts. And you get Almost all of the activities for free. You get to swim. You get to roller skate at one of the locations. There's a lot of sledding. They give you the tubes for free to borrow. You can also pay a little extra for rock climbing. They've got a lot of neat events. But the cabin deal is also really good. A three-bedroom cabin you can get for as low as $145 per night. So it's a four-night stay in a three-bedroom cabin for $582. Call 888-613-9622. 888-613-9622. 888-613-9622. Or you can head to the website, ymcarockies.org. Hi, it's Angie with the good news. Well, the good news is that if you're feeling loss, a loss of a loved one, a loss of a job, just feeling down and like you're stuck in the past, Sandy Steffis is a friend of mine. Sandy Steffis Spirit Coaching, spirit-coaching.net, 720. 353-9573. She has come up with a plan that helps you get unstuck, get out of the past, set goals, and move forward. If you'd like to work with Sandy, I highly recommend her. Again, Sandy Steffes, spiritcoaching.net, 720-353-9573. Hi. it's Angie. Hey, would you like to donate items? You know, maybe some old sporting equipment, old furniture, old clothing. You'd like the tax write-off. You'd like to help others, but it's kind of a hassle to gather it all up and drop it off and you're just too busy. Well, guess what? Art Thrift Stores, they will come right to you, to your house, pick up your items and leave you your tax write-off donation form. How do you do that? Call 303- 238-JANE 238-5263. And again, all of these items that you donate, they help people right in our own community. They help people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. And what better thing to do with your items that you no longer need than to help others? I shop at ARC all the time. I get my kids sporting equipment, gotten a rocking chair. I've gotten boots there. I have a purse that's amazing that still had the tags on it. It's a coach bag, and I got it at ARC. I shop there, and I help others, and I donate my items about once every month or two. And I call 303-238-JANE, and they come right to my house with a truck, and they pick everything up. Here, check it out. Again,
0: 303-238-JANE. Natalie Corrado of Remax is the realtor that truly does it all. But don't take my word for it. Just listen to some of the reviews from her website, livingdenver.com. Valerie in Highlands Ranch said,
3: Natalie's knowledge and expertise, as well as her professionalism and warm personality, more than exceeded our expectations.
4: My mother stated that we need to clone her. And how about Jen in Parker?
3: What else to say about Natalie Corrado except amazing? She made the home buying process stress-free and easy.
0: And just listen to what Courtney and Kylan of Castle Rock said. We couldn't have asked for a smoother transaction.
3: And definitely could not have done it without Natalie as our realtor. If you use Natalie, you're not going to regret it.
0: She is the best. When you have Natalie on your side, you won't be wondering if you made the right choice. It doesn't matter if you are selling your house, buying a new house, or both. Find Natalie Corrado at REMAX Realtors at livingdenver.com, and she will get the job done.
1: Hi, it's Angie. We are going to talk about the new book coming out in early March, Fault Line, How a Seismic Shift in Culture is Threatening Free Speech and Shaping the Next Generation. The author, Billy Hollowell, who also works with faithwire.com, is joining us. Hi, Billy. Hey, how are you? All right. So my good buddy, Michael Pelka, raves about you. So you better be good. That's all, <laughs> That's all I'm saying.
0: I love good old Michael Pelka. He's one of my favorite people.
1: Me too. OK, so let's talk about fault line. Um, you know, some of the things that have troubled me recently, by the way, uh, in Santa Clara University, they, they said, no, you can't have a Republican group on uh, campus because it, it, it's scaring people. It's too scary for the Democrats. OK, ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And then there was another um, of a bash the fash group. I think it was in Florida and it was on a campus where they were teaching the left how to bash the right. And I think some of it was actually like physical, the bash the bash part.
0: Oh, yeah, this is, I mean, this is part of a broader problem, right? We have this free speech problem, and you know, there's like 10 different pieces of the puzzle, but the one that's the most concerning to me is that for decades now, and I think it's really convenient that the media, and look, I'm a trained journalist, and, and so I, I understand the media, I know how it works, but the media, since Donald Trump, has been acting as though this is the first time anybody's called them out, right? And, and because Donald Trump is Donald Trump, there are, t- there are many times where he's not the best Best spokesperson to be calling the media out. But the fact remains, look, you, you look across the spectrum, you look at the media, you look at Hollywood, and you're talking here about universities, all three of those areas are really where we learn in culture, right? So if we obviously we go to church, so if we go to church, we learn there as well, and we learn from our families. But culturally speaking, those three have this triangular dominance over what we learn, what we see, and we don't even realize it, right? They they try to change scripts of behavior, they try to change the way that people behave, and we see this a lot in Hollywood. Um, but you know, from my perspective for too long, we've had one side being represented and the other side being cut out. And it's not just a political thing. I mean, my my whole book with Fault Line is about faith and how Christianity and Christian values, which many times times those are the values that conservatives hold, are just sort of pushed out and they're not represented and what we've seen, I believe, and we're seeing this with millennials, especially younger millennials, is an inability to even understand another perspective, right? Um, not even realizing that people believe things with sincerely held beliefs, not because they're being bigots or terrible people, but because there's a basis for this that has existed, right, for, for thousands of years in the case of something like um, gay marriage, for instance. So it's, it's a real problem. And it's something that I have felt for a long time really passionate about. So I've been really blessed to be able to write About it in this book.
1: All right. So, if we read the book, what's the takeaway? Uh, You know, are we going to feel like there's something we can do to change this this tide, this current that seems to be working away from free speech? And that you know, the young people that we come into contact with. I mean, they're my nieces and nephews and cousins' kids on Facebook. Some of them, if one of them in particular said if you voted for Trump, just unfriend me.
0: Uh, Well, and this is the exact problem, right? So there's. There's two takeaways for this. The first is that this is a problem. And, and all of us, I think you, me, a lot of us who pay attention, we realize that this is a huge issue. Many times though, we only focus in on one of them, like the media or Hollywood or universities. We don't talk about all three. And all three, it's essential to look at all three because they're interconnected and they relate to one another. So that's the first takeaway. This is a problem, here's the proof. The second takeaway though, is that we are not all getting let off the hook here. Conservatives and Christians I think because we have been mistreated in those areas, um, we, have, we have sort of pulled away. So there's, there's been this movement away from being involved in those three arenas. And on some level, it's understandable. But on the other level, it's not. You know, we, we need to engage and be present. And if we're not going to do that and have a presence, I mean – you and I are sitting here talking, you have a presence, obviously, I have a presence, but a lot of us don't. And so the book really kind of calls Christians and conservatives to task as well and says, hey, you've been complaining, and rightfully so, but what are you going to do now? What are you going to do about this problem? How are you going to engage? It might be tough, it might be an uphill battle, but... What are you going to do to fix the problem? So the book really tackles that and provides some examples of people who have worked really well in Hollywood, in the media, um, and at at universities. And so this is what we need to be doing. Look, in my spare time, I teach, um, you know, adjunct classes at a college in New York City. Um, I'm trying to write books. I'm doing, you know, I I write, obviously, for Faithwire full-time. So I think we need to have an engagement in in each of those areas or at least one of them if we can. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. All right. So in terms of, you know, you, you're you doing it, you're a conservative, you're a Christian, you're getting out there, you're teaching, you work for Faithwire. Um, the faith is, it seems to be the millennials, one of your chapters actually specifically talks about this losing their faith and religion. You know, we invite some of our kids' friends to church with us that have never gone to church ever. And I hear this time and time again from their parents, two in particular that I've recently invited the kids to church, the moms, I've said, um, we know we're open to that because um, we we don't really go to church, but we want our kids to make up their own mind. If you never walk them through the doors, their mind is already made up for them.
0: Well, in the media, Hollywood and universities are making their mind up for them, and that's why... This is not just about people sitting around and complaining about how they feel, oh, you know, we haven't been represented well. There is a real free speech issue here when you are not presenting options to people, when you're not explaining to them. I'm not saying I want everybody to be a Christian or a conservative. I think it would be great if everybody was a Christian. But the reality is some people won't choose that. But if they're not being given the information, they don't even, it isn't even a choice for them because they don't know. Uh, and so I think the other problem is just the misrepresentation of all of these things, how the media covers it. Um you know how Hollywood purposely sometimes presents Christians in a certain way or just ignores mm-hmm. them altogether
4: right right uh, look
0: over the weekend. The Lego Movie, and we have a story about this on FaithWire. Beat Fifty Shades of Grey. It, op- it was the opening weekend for both movies, so there is a people crave good things. They crave mm-hmm. good content, mm-hmm. and I think you know we need to confront that and realize the issue.
1: All right, again, the movie. Uh, pardon me. The wait, maybe it will be a movie soon. The book is <laughs> Fault Line: How a seismic shift in culture is threatening free speech and shaping the next generation. Billy Hollowell, your website.
0: So if you want to grab the book, pre-order it, it's com or tiny URL backslash faultlinebook, or you can go to billyhollowell.com.
1: Excellent. Thanks, Billy. Thank you. Yes, there is a billboard. It says real men provide and real women appreciate. Apparently that's causing some ruffled feathers. Uh, the channel mom, Jenny Dean Schmidt, is joining us to talk about that and also a Minnesota high school. Uh, is requiring girls to wear proper dresses to prom, you know, the kind that you would actually be comfortable wearing to church, and then also some tips on body image and how to feel better about ourselves. Hello, Jenny Dean Schmidt, Channel Mom.
4: Hello, Angie Austin, Daybreak. Nice to be here.
1: All right, so let's talk about this billboard. Uh, so real men uh, work, and real women uh, appreciate. This is causing a bit of a stir, and you know, I think that the secular world um, really gets ruffled feathers when uh, we conservative Christian types say, "Hey, we respect our husbands, uh, we defer to them." Uh, you know, we're not saying we get walked on, but the the secular world uh, they don't like that. They think that we're um, that we're like doormats. <laughs>
4: Well, there's this kind of defensiveness about everything right now, and I think people overreact. What I found curious about the billboard is that it says, yes, real men provide and real women appreciate it. But it doesn't say real men are the sole providers or real men provide exclusively and women can't work. I mean, it just says, you know, if your man provides nicely for your your home, uh, you're grateful. Um, But it doesn't mean that you can't go out to work and do something as well. I mean, you know. People are a bit sensitive.
1: I think people need to take a breath and relax. It's like everything is considered offensive, including this story about the Minnesota high school, and I'll let you get into more details, but I did read a comment underneath. that said, misogyny must stop. No, we're just asking girls to dress properly because parents aren't doing their parenting job in some cases, and they're allowing their teenage girl to go into a room of teenage boys with hardly any cloth covering their body. That's what I find um, inappropriate.
4: Right, right. It's Osakis High School in Minnesota. And first of all, I lean on this often. My husband is a high school principal. They do have a dress code for their daily wear. Um, the, their skirts have to come to a certain level, and they aren't supposed to be showing cleavage. And, you know, and, and sometimes they have to either go home or put on a jersey. My husband has old high school football jerseys. It, you know, It's a common thing for high schools to have dress codes that kids have to abide by. Now, my husband did admit to me that they, they lower the standards a bit for prom- Mom, but not crazy, crazily so. Uh, the, the big hubbub was about the fact that they were going to maybe make the girls send in photos of their prom dresses to get approval. Mm-hmm. And they had to be something that they would wear to church. So they dropped the photo requirement, I believe, and people are calming down. You know what, Ange, in the comments, I did read a lot of supportive people as well, I saying parents too. need to parent and, and kids need to dress right.
1: <laughs> right. So you're, not it, your, you're not your kid's best friend. And if your kid wants to wear something where, you know, your cleavage is popping out at the age of 15 or 16. And you're like, oh, well, she really wanted it. And I didn't want to disappoint her. You know, right. she's my best friend. No, <laughs> you're not her best friend. You're her mother or father. And uh, what the school said that I thought actually was very, I thought it was a great idea. They they were not requiring photos. What we're saying is, if you want to have an idea of whether or not we would deem it appropriate because prom is a privilege, not a right. So we don't want right. to turn you away at the door if you've spent 500 to $800 on a dress. If you'd like pr- to prevent being turned away and as- be assured that your dress is appropriate, we welcome you sending a picture and we will give you pre-approval so that you don't waste your money on one of these expensive dresses because as you know, they're as expensive as a wedding gown now.
4: Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I, 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 I didn't think it was over the top. I mean, I suppose maybe it would seem kind of weird that... that- that administrators would li- want to look at girls in in dresses in photos but but i'm sure they could have done it in the r- yeah sure. right <laughs> but anyway i think it all worked out i think you know folks understand the dress code they just don't have to do the photos if they don't want to okay so, so there Jenny, we go
1: your husband is a principal you've seen some of these dresses i've seen some of my friends put facebook pictures up like oh look at Susie and her friends i'll dress for prom and i'm like whoa who let suzy wear that dress
4: Right. I I, I do get discouraged by what parents allow their teen daughters to wear because it's only going to cause a certain reaction in boys. And I'm not sure if they really thought it through. That's the reaction they want their daughter to get from a bunch of teenage boys. And and I have a teenage boy myself. And so I try to talk my teenage boy out of uh, being as crass as the rest of his friends. But it happens. And so, you know, I wish parents would monitor the whole situation better, both for the girls and the boys.
1: Yeah, I agree, and they did say you know like no ball caps, and they also gave specifications for men. But boys often don't come in a tuxedo, unbuttoned down to like you know their navel, so they didn't. <laughs> right, have to. Right, or, like, oh, or
4: unzipped <laughs> pants. Right, right. I know, and I know
1: that sounds far fetched, but or like their you know rear hanging out, you know, where you see their underwear. Uh, but right. you know, generally, it's oftentimes, let's be honest, the girls that are showing more skin than the boys in many cases, not all. All right. Yeah, want, absolutely. I want to talk to you a little bit about um, a, a balanced life. I think a lot of people, men and women for that matter, I know my nephew has body issue problems. I'm on the beach with him uh, last week on a Florida vacation and I uh, you know, was showing everyone, he goes, don't show me I'm a whale. He's a dancer. He's gained 10 pounds since he quit dancing and he's like, I'm a
4: whale. I'm like, mm. he's so
1: skinny. It's ridiculous. So men and women have body image issues
4: absolutely we frequently have a woman on uh, my show channel mom uh, named robin long and she's a pilates and bar instructor she's certified and she's at the balanced life and she said her biggest thing is that she wants to help women in particular feel better about their bodies but this would translate to men as well and so she had three tips this week for women to feel better about their bodies that were very doable number one take small steps if you're going to start to exercise, have it be 10 or 15 minutes a day. You don't have to go out and run five miles right out of the gate. And, and when you abide by that, you can keep it up when it's not crazy uh, over the top. So take small steps, just 10 or 15 minutes of exercise per day, five days a week. Uh, secondly, drink more water. Everybody's heard this, but I tried it for, for New Year's. That was my resolution. I just added a glass or two a day. Uh, don't, don't out of the gate think you've got to do the eight glasses. Just add a little bit more to what you've already been drinking. So drink more water. It provides energy. People think they have to lean on caffeine. Actually, water provides energy. And then finally, choose grace over guilt. If you find yourself feeling like the beached whale, like your, your precious nephew felt, um, stop. Stop yourself and say, you know what? I'm going to choose to feel the grace of God that I'm not judged, that it's going to be okay. I choose grace over guilt rather yes. than feeling bad all day about myself.
1: Yes, and I, a positive talk is so beneficial. All right, Jenny, your website?
4: channelmom.com, we'd love people to come check us out
1: excellent thank you jenny all right bye bye. we're going to foster a growth mindset in your marriage so what is a growth mindset well author arlene Pellicane is joining us to explain hey arlene what's a growth
5: mindset You know, it's so neat. A growth mindset is something that people talk about in business. It was a book that was by Carol Dweck. And uh, but it even filters down to children because I went to my open house with like the teacher night for my uh, child's fifth grade class. And the teacher was talking about the growth mindset. You know, she had this growth mindset poster up on the wall that was basically saying that a growth mindset says I can learn that. You know, instead of saying like, oh, well, I'm not good at math or I'm not good at English or I'm not good at reading, that they say instead you have this mindset of I could learn that. I I can learn math if I don't understand it at first. I'll keep trying. So it's this whole idea that the teachers are trying to get from their kids. And it really, you know, made me think, wow, if we would approach our marriage that way. I've got a growth mindset, you know, I could have been married 35 years, and we could have a certain thing wrong. But if a growth mindset person would say, I could try to learn a different way, where the opposite is a fixed mindset, where you are more, you know, fatalistic in where you are, and you think, well, this is never going to change. Oh, so I think it
1: is this a, is it's, so beneficial. My daughter yeah. has a math tutor, and at the beginning of the year said, well, she, I can't do math. She just got 100 for the first time on her math My exam. My
5: goodness. And she
1: has a growth mindset. And I think we need to instill that in our children. So how do we yeah. apply it to our marriage specifically?
5: Yeah, you can just listen to the way that you talk internally about your marriage. Like, you know, you might think like, oh, you know, I can't believe she did that again, or oh, I can't believe. And instead say think, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Instead of being so like this fixed mindset, instead of thinking this is too hard. Instead, you can think of, you know, this may take some time and effort, but my marriage is totally worth it. You know, whether that's you taking the first step to be kind to your spouse or going on a date night or getting into a counseling office. So instead of thinking this is too hard, you know, fixed mindset, you think this may take some time and effort, but we're going to get there. That's growth mindset. Uh, Instead of saying I give up you know, fixed mindset. Mm -hmm. You say, I will learn new strategies and ideas. I will learn this. I can learn this. Even if I've tried this a million times, because a lot of times we'll say, I've tried that before. Mm -hmm. And because we've tried it before, we're like enough, like we're done. But if you just, I I think a lot of it is hope, just having that hope that I I could change. He could change. She could change. We could try this. Um, Another thing would be uh, if you say, I've blown it, You know, I don't know what to do. I've blown it. The fixed mindset said it's over. I've blown it. The growth mindset says, you know, what can I learn from these past mistakes so that they're not, you know, completely useless, but let me take these mistakes and let me turn them around. Let me learn. So have just this constant curiosity, this constant growth mindset in your marriage. And it's not automatic. You know, you might listen to this and go, oh yeah, growth mindset, you know, but four hours from now, you're not thinking growth mindset. You're thinking, why did you do that again? And so you have to keep having this in your mind saying, wait a minute, what could I say? That's not the fixed mindset, but that's the growth mindset for my marriage.
1: I love that. The power of positivity. Arlene has written several books about becoming a happy husband and being a happy mom, a happy wife, and growing up social. Where do we find you, Arlene? arlenepelican.com and we will grow together. Thanks, friend. Thank you, Angie. Hi, it's Angie with the Good News. I want to tell you about a little boy, Carson. He's eight years old, and his mom died of breast cancer. And I would love it if you would sponsor him for some art classes. Also, he doesn't like talking about his feelings after losing his mom. So he's taking dance and movement classes, and that therapy costs about $100. And so if you would like to sponsor eight-year-old Carson, who lost his mom to breast cancer, to these classes that he really enjoys, the Doreen Katz Memorial Cancer Foundation would love to help. 720 530 482 or go to DoreenKatzMemorial.org
5: Your next shopping trip could change the lives of some very special people right here in Colorado. When you shop at ARC thrift stores, you'll not only save
0: money, but you'll also give back to our community by helping people with intellectual and developmental disabilities, just like these ARC ambassadors.
3: A lot of people, they have misconceptions about people with disabilities. A lot of them think that we can't do things that other people can do, and that's just not true. We can do what other people can do. It may take us a little bit more time to do it, but we can. We're just like any other human being we have feelings and we have emotions and if given the chance we can shine and i think that ark has done a very good job at showing that i like it there and it helps me out to learn about reading off the labels and stuff I like helping out different people a lot of different people i help out. find the
5: ark store near you at arkthrift.org
3: it's a non-profit and it's a great company to work for and a great place to shop
5: and remember every saturday you get 50 percent off most items in the store
1: Hey, it's Angie Austin. Do you want to lose weight, have more energy, sleep better, just feel better, live longer, not get sick? Yeah, me too. So, a little over a year ago, my family started working with Dr. Joe, and he has helped us so much, especially with my mom. She's now walking again. Uh, she uses a cane, but she wears a pedometer as well. Dr. Joe and every Saturday, you offer for all of us. We can come to your office, have a free workout or just watch the workout and come and ask you questions and meet you. It costs them nothing. No obligation. I just want people to get to know you and your passion for health.
4: Science says the key to sleeping better, the key to depression the key to losing weight and balancing hormones is exercise but not a lot of it just six to twelve minutes a day and so whether i'm working with olympic athletes or professional athletes or mommies and daddies people in their 50s 60s even 70s on these workouts on saturday at 8 30 man we have a great time and it literally is a 12 minute workout it's all it is and it's easy stuff to do you work at your own pace and you get amazing results
1: yeah so come to north Glen saturdays it's free how
4: do they reach you dr joe call my cell phone 303-349-6011 again 303-349-6011 you <laughs>
1: Our friend from Faithwire is joining us, Billy Hollowell, and we've got several stories to talk about. A blogger cutting herself off from the internet and how it brought her closer to her faith, and then Christians once dominating Hollywood will explain that. And atheists are demanding that the Air National Guard get rid of prayer at public events, and here's how the government responded. Why don't we start there, Billy? Always interesting when atheists get all up in arms over prayer. And I think sometimes they just do this to like get a rise, or because we're such a political. Correct society, oftentimes um, the reaction is, oh, yeah, we'll do whatever you want. We don't want a lawsuit. Welcome, Billy.
0: Yeah, exactly. That is the issue, right? These atheist groups, they know that governments are going to back down, especially local governments, because the last thing they can afford to do, even if they win their case, is pay for the legal fees, go through all of that. And if they lose, there's the fear of being forced to then pay for the atheist legal fees. So a lot of these local governments, they just bow down really quickly. But in this case, you had the New Hampshire Air National Guard, and they apparently have prayers with a chaplain at some of their official events. And Mm -hmm. the Freedom From Religion Foundation does not like that. They feel like if these events are mandatory, um, which I guess some of them are, having prayer there, Christian prayer is inappropriate. Now, prayer has been validated repeatedly by the government, there was a case in, I think, 2014, Greece versus Galloway, where the Supreme Court said that prayer is completely fine even at government meetings, as long as you open the prayer up to everyone. But in the military, it's a little different because you have chaplains, and those chaplains, yeah, there may not be a chaplain for every single faith. So anyway, the, the point here, though, is that the New Hampshire National Air National Guard didn't even respond. They said, we're not responding to the Freedom From Religion Foundation. We're not changing our tradition. This is our tradition. This is what we do. And so I just love the story because usually there'll be a back and forth with letters. And in this case, they're just like, we're not even responding to them. They told the media that there's there will be no response. And you can generally tell from the way that Freedom from Religion Foundation react whether or not they're going to continue the case and push forward. And in this case, they said they were disappointed, but we haven't heard anything more. So I'm assuming it might be a done deal.
1: All right. That is good news. All right. What about this blogger who cut herself off from all digital? And apparently that brought her closer to God. So this
0: is Esther Emery, and she was having professional issues, marital issues. And so she made a decision. She said, I'm going to cut myself off from technology, not just the internet, but she cut off her Wi-Fi. She got rid of her credit cards and debit cards, anything that felt too digital or too techie for an entire year for 12 months, she went without these things. And it ended up bringing her back to her Christian faith. It ended up transforming her life. And she talked about this. She has a book out actually describing this whole entire process and how she was able to find God, you know, how we're all so distracted. We have so much information coming at us. And one of the things she said that I thought was so interesting, she doesn't believe the country can heal really from the divide unless we start to do this because we're so influenced by the messages around us that have nothing to do with our faith, but that sometimes we look at, everything through these lenses of these messages that are inundating us. So it's a really powerful story. I think it's fascinating. It's something, and she's like, look, I I couldn't, I could only do this at this one point in my life. It was the only chance she ever had. And so she took it. And so, yeah, she's got a great story and she believes she can help other people. Process through doing through what she learned.
1: She was in desperate need for a reset. I like that. All right, uh, we only have about a minute left. Christians once dominated Hollywood. This is trending on FaithWire. The fascinating movie making history you likely didn't know. Tell us about it.
0: Long story short, Christians had a major role in Hollywood in the early days of Hollywood. 1920s things were actually pretty grim. There was a lot of immorality. It was very similar to Hollywood today. And so, because the public reacted so negatively, and because churches, especially the Catholic Church, reacted so negatively. Hollywood self-censored itself, and in that process, pastors and priests were actually involved in helping decide what movies and TV shows passed Buster. And so we had so many movies coming out that were faith-based or that had good morals. And this self-imposed production code that went away in the late 1960s, it really helped keep things in check in Hollywood. And so we have the story over on faithwire.com and you can check that out. It's a, it's a pretty deep story there and I cover it in my book Fault Line as well. But I love it. I just I love that history. It shows we can have an influence and it's unfortunate that we let that influence go. But we could try to get it back.
1: Excellent. Billy Halliwell, uh, author of Fault Line and also Uh, works with faithwire.com. Thanks, Billy. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at angieaustinradio.com.
4: With Lucky Land
1: Sluts, you can get lucky just about anywhere.